It's a good day to be in the house and to be alive. Amen? It's a good day to be alive because God is faithful and he's faithful to his word. We're in a series entitled Covenant. And um, there's a lot of different directions that we could go concerning this series and this topic. But um, I'm, I'm kind of camping out uh, in one direction. And today I want to I say this, and I want, so I want, I want you to remember this statement and remember it throughout everything I preach today, <clears throat> that everything in Scriptures, everything in the Scriptures is covenant writings. Everything is covenant. New Testament, Old Testament, it's all covenant. And the Bible says that before the foundation of the world, God already had a plan of redemption for mankind. Before Before anything happened in the garden, before anything was created, Before Adam and Eve gave it up in the garden, as we know and as we teach a lot on here. But before that, God already had a plan. And that was a covenant plan. And what Jesus did is He fulfilled what we know as the Old Covenant. And He fulfilled a number of different covenants in the Old Testament that we read about in the Old Testament. He didn't do away with them. He fulfilled them and brought everything into one. And now in Christ Jesus and the covenant that we have with God, we have the answers to everything in life. But remember as we go through Scripture today that all Scriptures are covenant writings. It's all about the covenant and the connection that we have with God. In Hebrews 9, we read this last week, in Hebrews 9 and verse 16 in the uh, New American Standard Bible, for where a covenant is, there must be of necessity the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead. It is never enforced while the one who made it lives. And our covenant maker, the one who connected us with God Almighty, reconnected us as mankind, Jesus Christ, he died. But the difference with him today is that he lives and so do we. He's alive and so are we. And we're so grateful that we're alive because of him. Can you say amen? Definition I gave you last week of covenant was a a bond or a binding pledge, being one with another through trust. Today I want to give you another, I said to you last week I'm going to have several definitions, and I want to give you this definition today, but it's, it, the definition is kind of lengthy, and, and, and it's lengthy because I have a lot to say about it as I'm giving you different parts of it. But You look at a definition of covenant, and it means to cut, 
Where there's a covenant, there is, there is a cutting that releases blood where covenants are concerned. Do you ever, when you're a kid, you became like friends of mine? I lived in the desert. And in the desert, when I was a kid, we, we made forts and we did all kinds of stuff in the desert. And we always, we, we had a pack between one another and we were blood brothers. And we cut our hands, we had pocket knives and cut our fingers and we mingled our blood together and we, we said we were blood brothers. We didn't know what the heck we were doing, but that, that, that's exactly what we're talking about. Amen? Where there's a covenant, and the covenant was based on words like, you know, this is our club, and this is who we are, and no girls are allowed, and you know, all that kind of stuff. We were real young. That's right. Girls weren't allowed then. We didn't like them. They had cooties. Until <laughs> <laughs> we got a little older, you know. <clears throat> but covenant is about cutting and blood flowing. And Covenant is a, is a coming together of two separate parties on their own. And I want to make a real strong point here. I want you to think about this because what this should do is this should encourage you and empower you in what I'm fixing to say. It's a coming together of two separate parties on their own, not a joint obligation. A covenant is not a joint obligation. A contract is a joint obligation, not a covenant. A covenant is a contract, but it's not just a contract, but just a contract in itself as two separate parties and they agree, and if this one does what they say and this one does what they say, then, then we're in agreement. But the thing about covenant is that God established covenant with us even if we didn't keep ours. He did His part already. And Jesus wasn't on the cross saying, God, I don't know if they're going to keep to theirs. God so loved the world that He gave the best, and on the cross, the best chose you and I. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Forgive them in their stupidity and their ignorance and, and, and being idiots and, and doing stupid things. Father, forgive them all. And man, that blood was shed and that covenant was established. And you know what? You and I are forgiven. You know you're forgiven even if you don't seek forgiveness. You're already forgiven. You know if you don't seek for healing and health in your body, you're already healed. This wasn't some joint obligation. This was him doing his part. Now we choose whether we want what he produced. That's the covenant that we're talking about. No one else has ever cut a covenant like the covenant we're talking about here with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Galatians 3 and verse 15 explains this somewhat. It'd be good for you. I'm going to read several passages today and I'm going to take these passages kind of out of the middle of Scripture, it'd be good for you to go read before and after in the same chapter. It, it always brings 
more insight and revelation. But in Galatians 3 and verse 15, he said, Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. That's the Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. One of my first definitions, the first definition I gave you last week, and I read it again, a covenant is a bond or a binding pledge, being one with another through what? Trust. Through there being trust. The covenant that God made with Abraham was a promise. It wasn't the fulfillment, but there was a promise attached to that, that Abraham, what you did in offering your son will be accomplished. What you did in offering your son would be accomplished. Then the law that was 430 years later was another covenant that God made with Moses and with the the children of Israel. And it says here, it says, "For, for if the inheritance that we're talking about to Abraham, there was Abraham and then the 430 years later, there was the covenant with Moses. For if the inheritance is of the law, it's no longer a promise because that was enough. And now all of a sudden, we have the ability to keep the law and it's now no more by promise, it's by man's ability. And I say, absolutely not. Because what he's saying here is that it's, that, but God made it, the covenant that he made with Abraham by promise. He promised that what he had started with Abraham would come to fruition and not through many different sacrifices and many different covenants, but through the one Jesus Christ. And today you and I are liberated and free and our connection is with Father Abraham. Father Abraham made a choice before the cross, before the fulfillment, he made the choice that a man could actually offer his son. God had already offered his son before the foundation of the world. The plan for redemption, the covenant of redemption had already been set in place. And when Abraham chose what he chose, and he took his son to the top of the hill, and he raised his hand to take the life of his child, and God stopped him. I wasn't wanting your child, I was wanting the willingness of your heart. And now, now, the fulfillment can come. 
There were several covenants and things established along the way, but they were covenants based on the law. And there's no fulfillment in the law because that's man-made. It's man's ability to accomplish. Now, everything that we have, remember what I said in the beginning? Everything in Scripture is covenant writings. So why can I be healed? Because of the covenant I have with God. Because of the promise of that covenant that was made through Abraham. Because of that promise, I'm healed in Jesus' name. You can receive it or not. Remember, you're already healed whether you accept it or not. You're already saved. All humanity is already saved whether they accept it or not. All of humanity is delivered of anything and everything in life already because of the covenant that there is that He established. Remember, this isn't, this isn't a joint. The song we sang, He said, I believe that settles it. That's a great song, and that builds faith in our hearts, and I love that song. But that song isn't what I'm talking about today. He did it. Whether you believe it or not, it's settled. And now I can come to that and get everything that I need in any situation. I don't care what I face, as those songs were all today so beautifully sung. I can get anything and everything that I need because I'm one with Him. I've cut the covenant. When did I cut it? When I said, I do. When I confessed with my mouth, I believed in my heart, I declared that Jesus Christ is my Savior, I accepted what He did. My covenant was cut. Like my friends and I, somebody cut a finger, somebody else, we mingled the blood. I connected myself to the blood of Jesus and what it accomplished. Now, it's not of the flesh, it's the cutting of the heart. See, because a man can't be saved through a confession only. A person has to believe. And that believing is the cutting of the heart and mingling the blood of that heart, of that person's heart, with the blood of Jesus and becoming one. See? Because when you're born again, you are one spiritually with Him. My wife and I are one physically together. We're one. But Jesus and I, we're one spiritually. And when I go to Him for everything I need because of the covenant I have, then in the flesh and in the natural and in the soul, everything begins to line up. But if I'm one with Him in the the spiritual and in the natural, I'm trying to do it all on my own, then the natural is not lining up with the spiritual. We have to believe that we have a covenant with Almighty God that is established, and no matter what you don't do, we'll never remove that. I'm going to show you. Remember this, and I said it last week. Trust is the key to covenant. Trust is the key to covenant. Let me ask you this question. Can you trust God? 
can. We can trust him. He will never let you down. He will never lie. Remember, there's, 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 a, there's a dude out there who's the father of lies, right? And he'll try to convince you that God is lying. He can't do what he said he can do. He's promised all these things, but he really can't come through. And he'll try to convince you of that by you being moved by what you don't see. Trying to make something happen in the natural because you're not seeing it. He'll try to convince you God's a liar. Well, the problem with that is, if you believe the Bible, you believe what the Word of God says, the Bible says God can't lie. Not that God could lie but chooses not to, He can't lie. So to trust God is to believe that He can never let you down. And I tell you what, for a lot of people that's kind of scary. A lot of people with, a lot of people today in this world that are controlled by their natural minds, their soul is in control of their body and what they do. The thought of trusting in something that they can't see, in most situations you can't feel. I mean, you know, there's times you, you feel, you, you feel the presence of God, there's a feeling that touches your body in different ways. But for the most part, you don't see God. You see Him when you believe Him. When you believe in Him, then that's where you begin to see Him. But people want to see Him first to know that He's real. Very scary to trust in God and have faith in Him and believe in Him and believe He's going to do what He said He's going to do when you've got no natural proof to say that that's going to happen. So I'm saying it's It's scary. Say that, it's scary. It is, in the natural. I'm not saying it's scary to you, I'm just saying in the natural it's scary. But God wants us to believe that what He did, what He established, which is already done, it's been done for over 2,000 years, it's been accomplished. And actually, because God can't lie, and He said it was done before the foundation of the world, then it's been done for over 6,000 plus years, and however that long it was, before the Father, Son, and the Word of God had a board meeting before the creation of the world. It says they met together. It was just the three of them. And at that point, they set up this redemption, this plan, this covenant. It was set in motion then. Man, I don't know about you, but me just thinking about how much, why would He love us that much? Why? You don't really need an answer to that. He just said it. I believe it. I believe I'm his masterpiece. How about you? Hmm? I believe he really is concerned about me that much. I believe, I believe he really has my best interest at heart that much. Because of the covenant that I have with him. How about you? So I want to read this passage in Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read it in two different translations, starting with verse 46 of Luke 6. <clears throat> and I want, you to, I want you to think about something today because there's a word in the second translation that I believe goes with covenant. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. 
But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? This is in the New King James. Uh, You do not do the things which I say. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I want to read this same passage in the message translation. It says, why are you so polite with me, always saying, yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing a thing, I tell you. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. What did I say in the beginning? I said in the beginning that all the promises of God, all Scripture is covenant writings. It's covenant writings. And he's talking about those words that he's given us. And he said, I'm not just giving them to you, you know, just to, to kind of, you know, just to give you something or just, they're not just pleasant words, they're real words. And he said, he said, words to build your life on. These are covenant words. Can you say Amen. They're covenant words. And he said, if you work the words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. When the river burst, its banks and crashed against the house, nothing could shake it. It was built to last. See, covenant with God is never broken. It's not a contract. If I was a professional basketball player and I was looking to play for the San Antonio Spurs and they drew me up a contract for, I mean, I'd probably be worth $10.5 million, maybe, maybe $15 million. So they drew up a contract and they said, this way is going to be, and I agreed to that. So we came together and we, we drew it up and, and then... Uh, a couple of years in, I wasn't getting playing time that I wanted, and I didn't like it, and it was a five-year contract, and it's two years in, and well, you know, I start whining and crying, and I didn't get my way, and you know, I want this and that and the other, you know, my 15 million wasn't enough, and you know, I, I, I'm going to be a little baby and, and all this kind of stuff. Well, I, I, I call my lawyer, and I want out of this contract, and that happens all the time, not just in professional sports or whatever, in everything in marriage relationships, in all kinds of things. Why? Because a marriage relationship that was just about the marriage certificate won't last through the difficult times. Many, 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 many relationships don't last because they don't make it through the difficult times. Everybody has difficult times. Did, did, Did you hear what I said? Everybody does. But you've got to know 
what you're in is covenant, and with God, there's no breaking of that covenant. As, as this said here, it, it, it's built to last. It's built to last anything and everything you face. I don't care what you face, what you come up against, what it appears like, it doesn't matter. The covenant you have with God was built to last. It was built to last. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter who built a house but skipped the foundation. When the swollen river came crashing in, it collapsed like a house of cards. And it was a total loss. Covenant is foundation. I'll say it again. Covenant is foundation. You have to understand what covenant is because it is the foundation of everything. And listen to me. You may have been in a marriage relationship and it didn't work. Or you may have been in some kind of contract or in a business dealing or whatever and it didn't work and you got out of it or whatever. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting out of something if it's wrong. But what I'm saying is when you're in covenant with someone, when you're in covenant with a person and you know and you have the foundational Word of God established on the inside of you and you know that you know that you know that it's true and it's in you and it's built in you to last, then you learn from Him through Scripture how to fight and keep what is rightfully yours and not allow the enemy to destroy. Can you say amen to that? That's what God, God takes you where you're at today, not looking backwards, not looking at what was in the past, but learning from the past and being established today in my connection with Him, my covenant with Him. Each and every one of us in this house today, each and every person on planet earth was created to be in a covenant, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He already established everything, set it up, and now what He's put out there for us, what I'm teaching about today is to help you to gravitate toward that covenant relationship so that your life will last. Everything that you do will last. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is brand new right now. God takes you from today on. Can you say amen to that? Yeah, learn from your past. But don't let your past dictate your future. Let God's covenant teaching and word move you forward and begin to help you and empower you to navigate what your future looks like. Because I tell you what, we find all through Scripture where God has a plan for us, and that plan is for good and not evil. It's for peace and, and, and not disruption, right? For, with an expected end, with great things ahead in our lives. And so you can say today, you can say today, your best days are here right now and before you. Amen? Why? Because of your covenant relationship with God Almighty. Amen? In Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 11. I'm going to read this out of the 
New Living Translation. Under the Old Covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect, made perfect those who are being made holy. (laughs) Who's he talking about right there? You and me. He's already made you perfect. Say it, I'm perfect. So I just had you repeat what he said. I'm not telling you you're something you're not. I'm telling you what he said you are. I'm already perfect. But notice, I'm not perfect in my own ability, and I don't just get born again and I'm perfect in a manifested way. I'm perfect because he made me that way. And then he said, he said, we've been made perfect. He forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Where does true holiness come from? It comes from true humility. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, you become holy. He exalts you. Things happen. Things change. When you humble yourself and say, Lord, without my covenant connection with you, I'm nothing. But with you and what you've already done for me, I'm already perfect. And now I'm beginning to see that manifested every day. When you overcome something in your life, whatever you face in your life, when you overcome something, you are already that. Right? If you, if, you were, if you were some ugly cuss all the time and treated people bad and, and all of a sudden over time because you got under the word and God began to change that, you became a nice person, he already created you nice. You were just ugly because of things of the past. God never created an ugly, mean person ever. But the fact that we were born into this sin nature in this world and we were born into all this fallen stuff and this ugly stuff that's out there, we, we develop these ugly traits, jealous traits, competitive traits, you know, uh, angry and mad, short fuses about every little thing, you know, uh, very judgmental over people that don't do exactly what we do and all these kind of, we, we develop that along the way and in many cases, it's people's survival. If I'm not as bad as you, then I can make it. But you know what? We got to get delivered of that. He didn't make us. That's not covenant thinking. So we have to have our minds renewed. we got to make changes and alterations. And when you become delivered of something, you were already that way. He already made you that way. Then it was manifested. See, His one offering forever made perfect those who are being made holy. The perfection 
is already in me spiritually. I'm being made holy, and that perfection is manifesting over time in the natural, in the flesh. Because till I get my thinking right, none of the things in the natural change. Covenant and covenant teachings and covenant words, when you realize that's what they are when we read them and the one that I'm going to end with today, you're going to see that very clearly, very familiar passage of Scripture, but you're going to see covenant woven all through what I'm going to read here in just a moment. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For He says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart, His his laws, His teaching, His covenant words. I will write them on their minds. Then He says, I will never again Remember their sins and their lawless deeds. (laughs) And what day is that? That's today. That's today. That's today on. That's today on. And the screw up that you and I were yesterday, if if we acted a certain way yesterday, we don't have to be that today or tomorrow. We can change. If we're embracing these covenant teachings, the foundation of covenant. Covenant is the foundation of God. It's who God is. Covenant is. But you won't know that if you don't know Him by His Word. Can you say amen? Never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, watch this, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. There's nothing you can do in the natural to remove the mistakes of your past. When you got born again, you cut covenant in the heart, spiritually. You cut covenant with Him. And now, when I make mistakes and I do things that are not right from the heart, there has to be repentance, and true repentance changes circumstances. When I'm just sorry for something, not enough. I shouldn't have done that, not enough. True repentance changes things in the natural. And that's what we have to gravitate towards. We have to come to that place of realizing we were one in covenant with God Almighty. And nothing I can do in the natural is going to change or make everything right in my life. Or if I'm, if I'm nice to 15 people or whatever, you do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. But your actions and, and the things you try to accomplish to get God to not be mad at you will never work. No more sacrifices. Why? Because your sins are already forgiven. Today. Before you do another stupid thing in your life, you're already forgiven. That's what you have to embrace and let that empower you. Why? Because I'm perfect. I don't have to make mistakes and clean them up. I'm perfect. He made me perfect. And the more I'm like Him and the more I get from Him what needs to be done, the more I'm in covenant with Him and realize this covenant that that has been ratified on my behalf, I don't have to make mistakes. I'm empowered not to. Can you say amen? 
So I want to end with this passage in 2 Corinthians 4. Like I said, we've read this many, many times. But the first thing that I said to you is that everything in Scripture is covenant writings. And this is covenant writing. In the second, in the, in the uh, third chapter of 2 Corinthians, he's talking about the ministry of the Spirit. That's one of the promises that God made to Abraham that would empower you and I was the ministry of the Spirit. And this ministry, he said here, is what we have in the earth. And it says this in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 4. He said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed at times, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Watch this. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. What was the passage we read earlier? First passage that we read? Covenant can't be in activation until there's a death. And the death of the Lord Jesus Christ is all about the resurrection. So he said here, he said, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that what? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Caring about the death of the body of Jesus, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ is caring about the awareness of the covenant that was ratified, that was established, the new covenant in His blood. It was established. We're to carry that around realizing that what He did has now empowered us because He's alive and so are we. In Galatians 2 it says, Paul said, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died for me and who is now resurrected for me. The dying with the Lord Jesus Christ can never be separated with the resurrection. They go hand in hand. Today, out in the front, it's a little cool, but some people in some warm water out there are going to be baptized. When they go down in the water and they come up, They're dying the death as they go down. They're coming up out of the water in the newness of life, having the empowerment to overcome sin, disobedience, and all the junk in the world that's out there. I'm aware of that. That that baptism is is a covenant awareness. It's a sign that I died with Him, I'm raised with Him, I'm empowered, I'm one with Him, I'm in covenant with Him, and nothing can stop me from being successful. Why? Because the end result is, This is to the finish. Amen? We will finish this thing strong because this covenant can never be annulled. It can never be removed based on the scriptures that we've just read. Can you say amen to that? Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. Therefore, therefore, verse 16, therefore, Because of this. Therefore, therefore, remember, remember what he said. Hard pressed on every side, 
There's a lot of hard pressing, a lot of things, a lot of, lot, lot, lot of perplexing situations, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, things that come against us, but we're not forsaken. Struck down, but we're not destroyed, right? Therefore, because we're not, because of the covenant that we have with Him, therefore, we do not lose heart. What does the heart have to do with? What was cut and what was mingled and where you were made one. We do not lose heart. And when you don't lose it here, then you won't lose it here. You won't give up here. You won't give up in the natural when you don't lose it in the heart. He said, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. By what? By covenant writings, covenant teachings, covenant word. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, he calls the things that you and I go through light afflictions. He didn't say, but Bert, your light affliction, but you know, Eric's having a really tough time. His is a whole lot heavier. No, all of our stuff, no matter what we go through, he calls it light afflictions for a short period of time. He said, but your light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but what? But the things that are not seen, they're eternal. The covenant we have with Him will never end. Never end. We'll be done here on the planet, but our covenant with Him will never end. Covenant with Him is forever. Can you say amen? It is a forever situation today. We're living in forever with God Almighty. In the covenant and the connection that we have from Him, we have the ability to overcome everything in the natural because our heart continues to believe. I can just tell you today, if I didn't have that, I can't tell you how many times, you, you could probably tell me the same thing, how many times you could have quit or given up in life if you didn't have this thing in here. If you didn't have that belief system on the inside, I mean, you could have given up all the time. I mean, I mean you, you could have, roll a scroll out here of all the times that you could have quit through in your life in things that you were, were walking through and stuff you were facing but God, but covenant, but the shedding, but the cutting of the heart and the mingling and the connection with Him, but God, we can always make it. Amen? And we, you just read, and I encourage you to go back and read 2 Corinthians 4, just read all the way through that and meditate on the fact that no matter what you face, no matter what we're up against, we'll always come out on top if we look to Him, and if we're convinced of this everlasting covenant, that He can never, He will never go back on. He will never, in any way, shape, or form, lie and say that He can't do something for you and I. He's promised us, it's true, it works, and it's forever. Can you say amen? We're living in forever right now.